Welcome back, everybody, to a special edition of Wave the Weed. It's our typical Friday episode. Next week, you will see a twofer. We have two very special guests coming on this next week. But we got to get to this episode. We got a very special guest. We got the KU Woj, the, the Vernon bomb, Mike Mike Vernon. How are we doing? Let's go. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, Jackson. Of course. So... Um, a lot of people are probably wondering, because you are obviously a KU graduate, how did you end up getting getting the position, or where did you go after you graduated the University of Kansas? And what year was it again? You have to remind me. I can't remember. You're going you're gonna to age me here. <laughs> uh, I graduated in, in 2014. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll, I guess this is fair. Like, who, who am I and, and what am I doing? Why am I breaking KU news on Twitter? Um, so I came through the journalism school, was a sports writer there, sports editor of the Daily Kansan, and then I went on to uh, work part-time for the Topeka Capital Journal while I was a student. And then after college, I went and worked for the San Francisco Chronicle. I was the Cal Berkeley, you know, Cal Bears mm-hmm. beat writer. Um, I did that for a year. I was pretty good. I'm not not the world's best writer, but I was a pretty good reporter. Uh, wrote some pretty major news uh, while I was there. It was fun, but you know, newspaper life maybe wasn't for me. Uh, went over to Bleach Report, which is actually headquartered in the Bay Area. Bleach Report, if you don't know, is the second biggest digital sports uh, company media brand out there. Uh, it's been five and a half years at Bleach Report really focusing on the app and learning about digital strategy and how to make life as easy and fun as possible for a, a sports fan. So I did that. Um, had quite a bit of fun over there, but I wasn't really reporting. Uh, I was learning all behind the scenes stuff about media. I missed reporting. I missed being scoopy. Uh <laughs> And uh, I decided it was time for something new and actually moved into uh, tech because I'm here in the Bay Area. I spent one year at Robinhood. That's the stock brokerage app. Been in the news a ton lately mm-hmm. doing content strategy. And actually, I just started at uh, Meta or Facebook uh, this week, managing a team of content strategists and, and trying to lead and work on product. But... What happened was, while I was at Robin Hood, I missed journalism so much. I missed media so much. Started asking some questions on Twitter about what was going on with Jeff Long, the old Kansas AD, and uh, Les Miles, the coach, and found a lot of people were really concerned. A lot of people um, had gossip. A lot of it was BS, but I was willing to talk to everyone. Uh, anyone who was kind of talking to me and, you know, maybe those people didn't know something, but they knew someone who knew something and old contacts from back in my day around the university and just started saying like, Hey, I'm hearing some stuff. Um, and was basically just sharing what I was hearing. And that's how, when I try to kind of break some news or have some scoops, we call it hearings. Cause it literally is just things I'm hearing from credible people. And, uh, I've really had a lot of fun doing that and and have made some really good connections and, and friends, uh, friendships along the way. All people, you know, 
for one reason or another, have vested interest in, in the University of Kansas athletics and what's happening there. That is a, that's a great story. So I mean, you go on answer. No, no, no. It's a great answer. Everyone says that. Like people, you'd be surprised how many people come on and be like, "Man, that's a really long answer." But like, that's what this is for. I love hearing people that's, like talk about this stuff. Long form audio. That's what we're doing. We're having conversations. Exactly. Like I love hearing yeah. these long, like like long answers like that because you start from working in Topeka, now you're in the Bay Area, and you were working for Robin Hood, and now you're breaking news for <laughs> Kansas athletics. So there's a million other universities in the world obviously so was there something distinct about kansas that 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 just had you coming back or was it those contacts that you had that you had made while you were a student here Mm -hmm. or what was it about kansas that you know that had you coming back that's a that's a good question i mean honestly like i don't deny it uh i'm not getting paid to be an unbiased kansas source uh i'm a kansas fan i grew up a kansas fan I have a lot of institutional and longstanding knowledge. And the reason I started doing it was out of, well, uh, twofold, out of concern and kind of care for the university, even though I I also think that that can include holding them accountable when need be. And that's when things are, you know, uh, your AD is Jeff Long or something like that. Uh, And then on the other side, this is this is this is where my ego I think comes in, but I didn't. I felt like people were uh, local reporters were missing the story or a little complacent um, and unwilling to get critical um, in a time where KU fans needed to be properly educated and informed. And I've, it was pretty easy to fill that gap pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. That was really, you know, why Kansas. And it's because I like KU. I'm a fan, and and it just made <laughs> I care about it. Uh, it's fun for me rather than like it's not work. I love talking about KU. I get to talk about KU all day. Well, no, I do my job, and then I care about <laughs> KU on the side. <laughs> but that's to. great. Like, I mean, that's where I mean that's where the, I'm sure all the passion comes from. Is you know, you just have to. excuse me you just have to do what you love and you know if you love talking about KU you talk about KU well then obviously you have your job you do your job and then you talk about KU but so best of both worlds for me exactly so I'm sure you probably get this question all the time but with your job or with what you do with KU athletics you have to be very very careful about not tweeting out or like producing false information so how exactly do you go about that process and how do you make sure like what's your thought process before you hit the blue tweet button because obviously yeah you carry a lot of a lot of value to a lot of ku fans you obviously have the blue check mark no big deal but um (laughs) you carry a lot of value so how like what is your thought process before you hit the tweet button the number one thing in the world is well I'll, i'll call it the number two because this isn't my job. I'm not trying to cause anyone personal trouble or harm. Um, but number two, I, I can never be wrong. And those go hand in hand. Uh, how, how do I make sure? Well, number one, like Twitter. So it's sometimes really hard to properly give context of something in a really short tweet. You know, you, you only have so many characters. Uh but the main thing is, like, I, I'm talking to multiple people and people I deem to be credible. Uh, quite a few people I deem to be credible. And some people, 
you know, are semi-credible and some people who are just plugged in and you can start kind of running things up the flagpole. And if you get it, you know, I'm not tweeting something without multiple hits on that, on that flagpole or multiple people uh, understanding what's happening. So it's not just like I'm talking to one fan or one person who's like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with a big money donor. Like, hey, you know, those are on message boards everywhere. Sure, if someone's going to tell me that, I'll think it's interesting and I'll, I'll ask around. But I need, I need multiple, ideally three or more people. That's something they'll teach you at KU. Or, or if it's someone that you know for a fact is extremely credible, uh, you know, that's, that's when you can have confidence, you know, with a little less corroboration. Um, I know one national reporter, this isn't me, but, but my example would be I know one national reporter who I respect so much and, and talk with a lot. He said, like, I'm not able to print something unless it's from an AD or chancellor right now. Mm-hmm. That would be, if an AD tells you something, like, off the record or as a source, like, yeah, you can be pretty credible. But then at the same time, like, they're telling it, you're getting something for a reason. They want, you know, you always have to also ask yourself, why is someone telling me this? What's their angle? They normally want some kind of results from it. So you got to be wary of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly just uh, figuring out who's credible and, and trying to really be careful about it. I went on the radio in Kansas City um, in discussing a rumor I'd heard, and I didn't wasn't able to craft kind of the narrative or the tweet myself. By the time I got off the radio, people were saying that they were my words that I was saying that KU was going to the Big Ten imminently. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. which was awful and miserable. Uh, it's something I, it's a lesson for me that I really learned, which is like, make sure that <laughs> uh, I am, uh, you know, able to kind of get out in front of it and speak for myself. Uh, I should have gotten that message out before I went on the radio. So are, so I have just like two kind of the same question, I guess. So sure, sure. Is like is was a what was like the first the first like scoop you broke or the first news thing you broke where like it really picked up a lot of traction and people were like okay Mike Vernon very credible source that's this is the guy yeah. that we should trust and then my counter to that question would be what was is there a specific instance where like you were so confident about something being like being right the scoop was right everything lined up perfectly and it just fell through are there like a couple instances of that or any instances of that Sure, sure. You know, in my career, we're talking about with KU, because I did kind of come back out of nowhere. You know, I had a small Kansas following it on Twitter and also had been on some betting, you know, Bleach Report betting shows that, that had a good niche following. Mm-hmm. But, um, but are you kind of asking about KU news? Um, it doesn't have to be. No, no, no. It does not have to be KU Man. news at all. Uh, when I was at the San Francisco Chronicle, you know, I broke who their AD was going to be. Um, which was, you know, any national reporter would love to have that scoop. I, I'd say with KU, my real breakthrough was saying that eight or eight of the top donors of KU met with the chancellor. This is the night before Jeff Long was fired, and that the chancellor was quote receptive to their concerns about Jeff Long. That is. You know, one 
the local reporter should have that. Like you should know if there's a donor meeting with the chancellor basically to get the AD fired. That was pretty big as far as credibility goes. I didn't say he was fired though. And then through the AD search, I had uh, gotten some information about who they were interviewing and that, you know, it was going to be Travis Goff as the guy. And, and then continued that kind of line through the football search and then it was down to Jeff Munkin or Lance Leipold. You know, I had uh, was first to say Leipold was interested in the job. Was first to say self had a lifetime contract that was pretty big, uh, but but really it kind of started with that donor meeting, and the ensuing AD search is is where credibility was built, and that's the most important thing. Once you have that, people are more willing to talk to you too. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I was also just really honest with people about who I was and, and why I was doing it. Uh, in terms of having something go wrong, I, I mean, the the only one that I really know about is this it's this Big Ten thing that, that hasn't really uh, matriculated or, or come to fruition. I The whole time, if you look at my tweets, I was saying it was going to take a while. Um, but I was on the radio basically saying some people I need to be credible think this is happening soon. Um, those people were excited. I still think it, there's a lot of confidence from people in KU's corner which is what I've been saying the whole time. Uh, but that would be the one that I, I still regret, which is where I spoke to very credible people. Um, but the message was, I delivered the message poorly. And that's just a lesson I, I, I've learned for sure. And you've just got to be so careful about the way you're saying something. Mm-hmm. So talking talking right now on this day which would be obviously november 11th is when we record this episode comes out tomorrow november 12th where does where do we sit in regards as kansas going to the big 10 is percentage wise like give me a give me a rough percentage percentage there's there's legally there is a lot happening as i understand it behind the scenes involving like Texas and OU and when they'll be able to leave, um, you know, the Big 12 feels that they've lost a lot of value in terms of their future media contracts because of uh, them leaving and and whether or not the SEC interfered with that value or ESPN did. So, like, I'm not, (laughs) you didn't, this is obvious, I am not a lawyer. Uh, I don't totally understand that, but I was told this thing is lawyered uh, the big time I was going to cuss. So, you know, like, I I still think people I speak to are very confident that KU is in a very good position. If the NCAA tournament, if the revenue goes away from the NCAA and goes directly to the schools playing, KU is bringing, you, know, you can just look at the revenue that the tournament brings in divided by 68 teams. Each team is like, even if the NCAA keeps like half the revenue, each team brings in like 10 or $11 million in added revenue to a conference. Like KU, KU is at the top of the list of available teams, unless like some of the ACC schools somehow become available, which they're not yet. This is a long-winded way of me saying, like, I, I do think it will happen. I don't 
I don't see how it makes sense for the Big Ten to stay at 14 teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the SEC is probably going to build in a semifinal at some point and get an extra marquee game to add to their TV contract. If the SEC does that, the Big Ten has to do that, and they have to get to 16 to do it. So, like, I'll, I'll say it's more than 50%. Um, but, like, I haven't talked to – I'm also I'm changing jobs. So I'm a little out of the loop, but – confidence is not really wavered from people KU isn't raising you know two billion dollars or whatever it is is their next round and part of that being the football stadium uh, for no reason uh, they they feel that they're going to be in a good place when and if these major conferences uh, go continue to expand and I do see it headed that direction so I, I'd say it's likely okay okay so I know that you had mentioned that you were were you a, you were a staff writer for the Kansas, I take it. Oh yeah, I, I was the baseball and football beat writer, and then I uh, was a sports editor uh, before then going to work for the Topeka Capital Journal. Okay, okay. So, what do you have uh, any like? What's your most memorable experience with the Kansas? Because obviously, oh man. This podcast is sponsored by the Kansan. We have a bunch of, you know, I have a bunch of ties with the Kansan. I do staff write for the Kansan. So I have all kinds of good it. memories so far. But what about, do you have a number one memory with the Kansan in your time at KU? Yeah, I do. Yeah, instantly. But I just want to say you're, you are doing the right stuff. Uh, I want to support the Kansan as much as I can. That's that's just such a great learning ground and mm-hmm. produces amazing talent. Um, what I would say... Uh, my favorite memory, I can give you something cheesy. I'll go to something journalism. Uh, when Joel Embiid was a senior, uh, a freshman, and they had a press conference for him to declare for the draft, and you know he's going to declare for the draft. Um, I was really cur- curious. This is back when the athletes lived at Jayhawk Towers, which was also across the street from the field house. I was like, do they like get him a limo to come to the field house or, or does he just stroll up like normal? What, what does it look like? So I basically like got up really early and staked out myself outside of towers and just waited and waited and waited. And, um, you know, everyone else was going to sit there and just show up to the press conference. Right. You, that's, it defeats journalism. KU can just spoon feed you stories. Mm-hmm. They're really good at it. Uh, so I just watched him walk out of his dorm like he was going to class, but he was really going to, you know, announce that he was becoming a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And he was like singing to himself. And he, and I just loved that story. Um, it ended up being the cover letter that got me the job at Bleacher Report. I wrote about that experience, uh, and then <laughs> my boss at Bleacher Report uh, was interviewed by the New York Post and talked about the cover letter. Like, you know, it just stuck with me for a long time. And what it was it was like five hours of extra work, but um, it was a unique story where I uh, to anything else printed that day. I entered ended it with like a kicker that was basically like. Um, he, he entered the building through a door marked visitors only, which was kind of like poetic for his, you know, four or five months on campus, really. Right. Um, I love that. 
but I also got to cover some sweet games. Was courtside for the national championship, Kansas Kentucky against Anthony Davis, um, and also just like some of my best friends. I just went to a wedding from two of my best friends at the Kansas, you know, a, a designer and another sports editor got married. So it, you know, it's a great college experience, but. My journalism angle is is that I got to do something cool that Kansan let me kind of do and afforded me that time to go try something. And I think that's what it's all about. Like when I had talked to my sports editor Andrew Lind, who the listeners of the podcast obviously know, um, we were talking and it was like, man, what uh, what are we gonna do to bring Wave the Weed back? And I was kind of like the only person that I kind of, you know, sitting in the back of the newsroom, which you know what, you know what it looks like. I kind of like raised my hand and I was like, hey, well, you know, we try to do this. We'll get a guest on every week. And back when that was like, now that I think about it, it was like six or seven weeks ago. It seemed like, it seemed like a, like a very impossible task. Like how are you really going to get a guest on every week? But once you build the credibility and build the, build a, a podcast that people like coming to and people you know sit down and talk for 20 minutes and it's not not very formal as you can see i'm sitting here in in a closet with a flannel hoodie (laughs) and a hat on like i'm just it's not a very formal ordeal and you know it's all about the experience i think where the canton lets you write they they let you write kind of what you want and you get to you know you get to beat write a sport whether it's i do swim and dive for those that don't know you did basketball you did baseball you did it it took time though yeah you're you're a freshman like that you got to be patient too and put in the put in the time the opportunities will come say yes to everything exactly that's that's the other advice is say yes like you just did for this podcast figure out ways to uh you know you're gonna see like oh i'm gonna try to do what matt tate's doing every week or jesse newell try to figure out something that that's valuable and different too if you're a ku fan like what would you want Mm-hmm. And ask yourself that question and try to hit it. So I have three final questions. So as a KU fan, Let's go. you are a KU fan, as you mentioned. What are your yeah. What are your thoughts on the team this year? They just knocked off Michigan State <laughs> in the Champions Classic at Madison Square. Andrew Lind was on hand for that. Those game recaps Loved are up it. on Kansan.com. And then Kansas hosts Tarleton at Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow for the first home game of the regular season. We will have recaps available about tomorrow night at Kansan.com, obviously I have to plug the Kansan. So what are your thoughts of, of, of this year's team and what are you, what are your aspirations for this year's, this year's team? Yeah, no, I mean, I, how can you not be excited after the Michigan state game? And sorry, there's some traffic behind me. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. how, how, how can you not be excited? Um, the main thing is, well, there's a few things that depth is insane. Uh, but if you like historically, a lot of Bill Self's best teams, are with really two guard or two point guards kind of running the show. I, I'd say KU has three or four good ones, like Remy Martin, Dewan Harris, uh, Joey Yasufu, who didn't even play against Michigan State. That dude, like, he dropped 26 against USC in the tournament last year. USC smokes KU. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby Pettiford, who, who looks really good as well. So I just think it's shaping up to be a, a really strong – Bill Self team that um, has multiple good guards that can play small, they can play big. Like I mean, Ochai looks good. It's easy to look good when you're making shots. Uh, but but no, I'm I'm really excited and optimistic. And um, <laughs> I mean, 
you know, Jalen Wilson's coming back too. Coleman Lance. Yeah, they're, they're stacked. That's the answer. So expectations are, are very high, though Michigan State played really pretty sloppy. So you know, we're trying to keep that in mind. Definitely not a not a performance that you would think you'd see from a Tom Izzo team on the opening night type deal, but we'll take what we can get. We'll take the win. So nah, yeah. exactly. Right. So final two questions. In traditional in traditional wave the wheat fashion, I need a college venue that you want to go to but have not, can be any sport, and a professional venue that you would like to go to and have not. Yeah. Professional, it's it's the garden. Of course, uh, yeah. I've gotten to go to some amazing venues in my life, and um, covering Cal Berkeley, I've been all over the West Coast too at the NSF Chronicle. I've not hit the East Coast very well, so I want the garden. In uh, in for college, I mean it, it's you know what I, I was going to say Cameron Indoor, but actually I really want to go to a night game at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge and LSU. Yeah, good one, good one. Uh, that just seems like a fun trip. I know everyone I know who's gone have said it's like the most fun. So that's uh, I'll give that as my number one. Okay, and you get to spend a couple days in New Orleans too, maybe before or after. That's a good time. For the garden, you're talking. What what sport are we talking? We're talking Knicks. We're talking Rangers. We're talking. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's one uh, of those two. It would be a, a Knicks a Knicks game against like some young stud who like hasn't played in the garden before. Like is really trying to go off. Um, so some some Knicks game against a star who wants to do something cool up in garden. That'd be that yeah, that's be a it. great answer. That's a great great answer. Yeah. That's. For those that are keeping track at home, <laughs> that is back to back to back. Yeah, that is three guests in a row who have mentioned an SEC football game for their. Oh, really? Uh, Nate Bucati said Neyland Stadium, and I think Jackson Bezdek also said Neyland Stadium in Tennessee, and Bryant Denny has also been thrown around there in Tuscaloosa. So yep. SEC yep. football is definitely on a lot of people's bucket list, definitely on my bucket list. But, um, again, I, ve- I really appreciate you coming on. This has been an absolute blast. I know you kind of a little bit busy today, had to do a walk and talk for this, but I greatly appreciate <laughs> you coming on. This has been awesome. I very, very greatly appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. This has been Wave the Wheat. I am Jackson Reed and signing off for next week. We will see you on Wednesday for – one of the two episodes for next week. We'll see a very fun episode. And that is all that I have for you this week. And take care as always.